Greetings, and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this show explores the intersection of security, technology, and society, and thinks about what might be coming next. Every Monday, there's a news and analysis episode that condenses 5 to 20 hours of reading and analysis into a 15-minute summary, as well as regular essays, interviews, and book reviews that cover specific topics. The goal is to give you a concise, curated update on the most interesting things happening in the world, and to explore ideas that give you something to think about and prepare you for what's coming next. All right, welcome to episode 265. Starting off with security news, FireEye has published the technical details around the SolarWinds hack and have released a free tool to detect indicators. There's an argument and some evidence that cyber insurance providers are funding organized crime by paying ransomware claims. So basically, it continues to be a good business as long as somebody is paying. The FBI is tracking down people who are near the Capitol when it was attacked. They're going through all the cell tower ping data and basically just brute forcing through the list. I think it's great police work, and I think it's for a good reason this time. But a lot of people, I think, justifiably are worried about the precedent that's being sent. It's uh, kind of like... It's fine when you agree with a particular operation or a particular use of the tech, but what happens when it's in the hands of someone you don't quite trust? NetScout says Windows RDP servers are being used to launch DDoS attacks. They say the magnification factor for RDP is 85.9, so a small request could result in a 1,260-byte reply. Palantir stock has jumped over 250% since its IPO, but I personally am not going near it. To me, its valuation is over 28x, uh, multiplying by its sales, and there's just no clear narrative explaining why that is. Could be an amazing investment, and it could be the dumbest thing ever to put money into. I Honestly, I could see both arguments, and I know, you know, Peter Thiel is involved and there could be some government entanglement there as well, or at least it seems obvious to a lot of people. And the question is, okay, if they're not designed to necessarily make money, which they said in their own paperwork just recently, that they're not necessarily looking to become profitable, that combined with the crazy valuation relative to its sales, it just seems strange to me. Someone has a Good read on this. I'd love to hear it. Scammers are sending fake job offers on LinkedIn to get people to enter bank details. This is almost as ingenious as fake shipping updates for Amazon and UPS. Basically, job offers and package deliveries are two things people generally do click on. So this is genius and horrible at the same time. DDoS is increasingly being used as part of ransomware attacks, where the attacker contacts the victim and says they will allow the site or the business or whatever to function if they pay the money. I think the real danger will come, however, when groups are sophisticated enough to combine all the different interaction scripts, leverage types, payment infrastructures, etc. So basically, some of the scripts are good cop, then you can pivot easily to bad cop if good cop isn't working. Encrypting the data versus leaking it versus launching a DDoS, having a diverse payment infrastructure, all of this. Like once this becomes modular and people are really good at 
you know, pivoting between these different things, it's going to be a really bad situation. I mean, it already is, but it's just going to get worse because the bad guys are getting better faster than we are. Ransomware, speaking of that, evidently made up 81% of all financially motivated attacks in 2020. A Chinese hacking group being called Chimera, which is suspected to be working for the Chinese state, has been hacking the airline industry for months. A member of the unsupervised learning Slack community, our community here, had a great way of describing this activity, which is basically they're just adding to their CRM for all of the world. And I think this is a good way of looking at it, which I talked about in an essay before talking about China building a giant database of Americans. But it's not just Americans, it's worldwide. But yeah, they've hacked OPM, Equifax, Marriott, now the airline industry, and countless other companies and industries as well. And it's just like, find out what they like. Plus they own TikTok, right? So it's like, find out what they like. Find out what their preferences are. Find out where they like to travel. What do they purchase? Like, get all that stuff in. And that's why I think it makes sense to call it a CRM. Jack Ma finally reemerged into the public again after disappearing for months after embarrassing China's government. So the government stopped his massive IPO right before he was about to do it. He disappears for months. And then they announced that many of his companies are being taken over by the state. They just moved in and just went full communist on him. And Ma shows up now virtually to recognize rural teachers and says that he intends to focus more on philanthropy and revitalizing the countryside, which are all, of course, CCP themes. So I think he's probably willing to say and do anything at this point, given the conversations, air quotes, that he probably had in private. Navalny, the ex-FSB operative who was poisoned by Putin, is waging a PR war against him. So he runs an anti-corruption group that just published a full report on a billion-dollar mansion that they say belongs to Putin, putting even more pressure on the Russian president while much of the country struggles to survive. And Navalny has actually been arrested again, and now more of his supporters and aides have been arrested. So there's now major protests. I saw a picture, actually, of one of the protests it was negative 30 Celsius. You get a bunch of people out there, you could barely see through the snow. Pretty hardcore. You thought it was cold in D.C. Negative 30, that's no joke. Negative 30 Celsius, keep in mind. Vulnerabilities. Natalie Silvanovich of Project Zero has found a common vulnerability across multiple chat platforms, including Signal, Google Duo, Facebook Messenger, and others. And it evidently allows for potential eavesdropping on communications, traffic leakage, that sort of thing. Cisco issued multiple patches for its SD-WAN software to address possible HTTP, SQL injection, and a buffer overflow attack. Drupal has released updates for an issue that can lead to system takeover. And QNAP is warning users of malware called DevCat that can install a Bitcoin miner on their NAS. QNAP continues to have issues. So Malwarebytes was hacked by the same group that hit SolarWinds. 
and they believed the focus was mostly on getting into O365 and not more widespread. A known hacker has leaked 2.28 million users' data for a site called meetmindful.com. And attackers have published 4,000 private files belonging to the Scottish Environmental Protection Agency after initially asking for a ransom and being told no. Swimlane has raised $40 million to continue automating security operations. Technology news. Toyota is getting ready to release its solid-state battery technology that it says charges in one-third the time and has twice the capacity of the most common and popular lithium-ion options. Forbes is going heavy into paid newsletters, and they're hiring up to 30 writers who already have large followings to sort of kick everything off. Australia is asking Google to pay royalties to publishers, and Google is saying no, and they're threatening to pull out of the country if they force the issue. CentOS is dead, but Red Hat Linux is making R-H-E-L. Don't know a better way to say that. Free for up to 16 production servers. Red Hat Enterprise Linux, obviously. Not sure if there's a way to say the acronym. I never mess with the stuff myself, honestly. If you feed text mentioning Muslims to GPT-3, it will often create a passage mentioning terrorism and bloodshed. Got a quote here from one of the things that it, it created. Quote, Mama, when we defeat the infidels today, I'm going to wear a headscarf until I'm eight just like you. But then the screams outside woke me up. For some reason, I'm covered in blood. Unquote. So, basically, the researcher said the challenge here is that you feed a model gigabytes of text. Not gigabytes of videos, but gigabytes of text. Just tons and tons of text. And evidently, it's really hard to filter through that and figure out exactly what the model is learning from, which makes sense, but goodness, something's got to be done here. Companies, Rivian raises $2.65 billion as it gets ready to make its electric pickup. I was thinking that was $2.65 million, which seems low, but $2.65 billion seems high. That's, that's a lot of money to bet on a competitor for Tesla, essentially, in the Cybertruck. Human news. Electric car sales increased by 43% in 2020. 43%. That is serious. A new study out of Stanford has found a compound that reverses the effects of brain aging in mice. Quote, more striking, the compounds reversed mice's age-related cognitive decline. Older mice who received them performed as well on tests of recall and spatial navigation as young adult mice, unquote. It's a remarkable time to be aging. Bolsonaro of Brazil could face crimes against humanity charges over destruction of the Amazonian rainforest. I am personally happy to hear about this. I don't feel like just because you're in charge of a thing that lives in your country or happens to exist in your country, inside your borders, that you have the only claim on that thing. And it seems obvious that he's very corrupt, and he's basically selling out 
the Amazon and just burning it down uh, because it's it's making him and his friends money. And with such a precious resource, I do think the international community has to act. So happy to hear about this. Elon Musk is offering a $100 million prize for carbon capture tech. So basically, if we can't control emissions, can we pull it out of the air directly? Lack of sleep and the presence of stress can lead to concussion-like symptoms. And a new study says exercise can help slightly with cardiovascular risk if you're obese, but it doesn't help nearly as much as lowering your weight, basically contradicting the idea of fat but healthy. 2020 had the highest number of U.S. homicides in over two decades. Increases by city include Seattle, 74%, New Orleans, 62%, Atlanta, 58%, Portland, 52%, New York, 39%, and San Francisco, 32%. And Audi is moving all of its A4, A6, and A8 models to electric. Ideas and analysis. Parler and Russian intelligence operations. So Parler has partially come back online, protected now by DDoS Guard, which is a company run by two Russian guys. And as it turns out, one of the founders happens to have a Russian wife who likes to make fun of the idea that she's a Russian spy. She actually wears shirts that says, trust me, I'm a Russian spy. Got this Twitter thread which is unbelievable, describing the whole scenario and timeline of like how they met and how Parler got started and everything. It's, it's unbelievable to the point of like not being accepted by a fiction writer because they would, or a fiction editor, they would just be like, this is too far-fetched. Can't, can't go with this. Reminds me a lot of the Maria Butina and the NRA, but the best part is where this wife of the Parler founder, she posts her American kid's social security card, showing off her nationality that she's American. And she's also got other posts talking about how I hope she grows up to love Russia as much as I do. And then she posts another uh, image on social media of the Americans. So it's like the the front page of the Americans or, or the title image or something of the Americans talking about how it's an awesome show. And 100%, this could still absolutely be a red herring. Like, there's, you know, a very high chance, a relatively high chance that she's completely legit and she's just having fun and it's just a big joke. But I think the odds are unlikely at this point. I think it's probably, I don't, I have very little information here. I'm operating from a point of uncertainty, but I'm guessing 80-20 or something, 70-30 that this looks and quacks like a duck, it is one. The primary goal of Russian intelligence is to create an internal division within the United States. And they seem to have a clear hand in the rise of Parler, which seems to have been used extensively to unify and organize the movement to attack the Capitol building. I mean, think about how close they actually came to starting a civil war in the U.S. I'm not sure how close... It was, but it's, it's a lot closer than we've been in, in decades, you know, maybe 150 years or something. So let me just state this plainly. We are witnessing the most stunning set of intelligence operations of all time right now 
from Russia. I mean, as a student of this game, who just read a whole bunch of books on this, these operations that the Russians are running against us, they are seriously impressive. And I think once they become public, the intelligence community will be studying these operations for centuries to come. Not to mention the movies and the books and the memoirs that are going to come out describing this stuff. And again, that's separate from whether or not this one actually is true. I mean, we've already got far more confirmed ones, like the uh, Butina one with the NRA and stuff like that. I mean, the Russians are just going all out. Then, of course, the solar wind attack, right? But it, it's more than just cyber operations. It's the human stuff that I'm finding so interesting. Like actual old-school intelligence operations designed to undermine an enemy from within. Really, really cool stuff. And I don't mean to sound like a fanboy, like it's really cool. It's just when you read a whole bunch of books about these actual things, and you're going back, whatever, over 100 years looking at this stuff. We're talking about like the Russian Revolution, where you're getting the first uh, precursors to the KGB doing these kind of operations against uh, revolutionaries. It's like you study those and you see all these nuances. You see what um, the Soviet Union was doing against the United States. You see these operations that the United States was doing against the Soviet Union. It's like it's a two-way street between us and Russia. But, but it's not even two ways. This is a thing that the world does. Like all the major intelligence uh, groups do these types of operations. And it's false flags on top of real operations like nested inside where you have little pieces of truth and then you blow that up or you find actual movements within a country and then you move in your resources and you amplify that thing. And in my opinion, that's what's happening with Parler. I think Parler was legitimate internal operation, you know, happening inside the U.S., had nothing to do with Russia. And I think Russia, most likely, based on the small information that I have, most likely said, that's amazing, let's go get in there, right? And now they're helping in whatever ways, whatever op actual operations they did, maybe this thing is part of that or not. But, I mean, let's just look at the facts. <laughs> One of the founders has a Russian wife, and the site is now hosted in Russia. I mean, that is insane. And, and you, it's all traveling under this banner for parlor of free and open conversation. Which, sure, that's got a nugget of truth to it as well, but that's a great cover for an operation designed to help tear up the United States from inside. And as we just saw on whatever, January 6th, that very nearly happened. So, really interesting stuff. As a fan of intelligence operations, this stuff is just fascinating to watch, regardless of whether or not this particular story turns out to be true or not. And who knows if we'll ever know. Okay, second idea this week. This is another not-so-cheery one, but uh, it's not all about the left and the right. So I, I basically read this um, review that Orwell did of Mein Kampf. He wrote it in, I want to say, it was definitely 1940. I can't remember the actual date in 1940. But it was before it was super obvious that Hitler was like the worst person in the world. But... He was writing about how how much charisma he had, and like he said some pretty unpleasant or not nice things to hear at this point about Hitler. 
uh, Orwell did. And actually, the Ministry of Truth in the UK went and stripped that stuff out. But anyway, there's um, this review. He reviewed Mein Kampf. It was like a page and a half, two pages, really short review. But uh, one of the things he says is that people essentially don't want calm. They don't want relaxation. They don't want everything to be going well. And that what Hitler was selling them was conflict, was selling them battle, was selling them hardship and struggle. And they were buying it up. And what I wrote about this, I I wrote a short piece, which I didn't include in the newsletter because it's just a little too political, but um, I'm including this little quote here just because it's not really left or right political. It's just kind of down the center, uh, a thing to look out for in a security sense. And that is, our lesson cannot be that Trump supporters are bad or that Hitler was bad and to watch out for them. The lesson has to be that a weak, strong man playing off a population's desire for pride is a dangerous pattern that repeats itself. Unquote. Yeah, I just find this whole idea very interesting. Essentially, don't don't look for the left or the right. And actually, in this thing, Orwell talks about Stalin doing the same thing. Hitler doing the same thing. It's about giving someone, oh, the other thing he said in this review was really powerful, is these people rise to power by putting hardship on the population. So once you put hardship on the population, it like instills meaning into them. And he's saying that this was self-inflicted by Stalin and by Hitler, and that it came to make the people love them. Now, I thought it was fascinating. And you combine that with this idea of a group of people who is lacking in pride. And then you have like an egomaniac who is ultimately a weak person, but is acting like a strong man. You combine all those together and you get something really bad. So take politics out of it. Just think of it as a security risk situation that when you see all these factors together, we've got to pay attention and address it before it becomes. Uh, another century-defining event. All right. Enough of that. My updates, currently finishing Homeland, which is our UL Book Club Book of the Month for January 2021. And reading this book, Homeland, has made me want to write fiction again, specifically fiction that describes a possible future world. I feel like this is mostly what Doctor is doing. He's Definitely pulling you through with a story about humans, but he's largely, I think, using the human story to describe a setting. Discovery, thinks Canary, see high signal attacker activity on your network using physical VM or cloud-based tokens, which uh, I think is super important right now. A lot of people are probably looking for new ways to detect stuff inside their network. Given the craziness that was Solar Winds, somebody's made an easier version of Markdown called Dumb Down. Great name. I didn't like the syntax. It seemed like the syntax took more keystrokes, but you can check that out here in the newsletter. The new White House website is running WordPress. It's actually a completely new design, super clean looking. I like it quite a bit, actually. Got a site here called COVID Vax Count, which claims to have a live view of the number of Americans that have been vaccinated. And supposedly they're just 
scraping data from CDC and other sources. And it currently has the U.S. vaccinated at around 6%, like 5.74, I think the actual number was. Tailwind CSS blocks, some pretty cool CSS stuff here. Seven thread hunting tools everyone in the industry should be using. Jeff Bezos has a rule that best decisions are made with 70% of the information. Any less and you're underinformed, and any more and you're wasting time with diminishing returns. That seems interesting and possibly something you could use as a general guideline, but yeah. Not as a rule. That That's too strong to be a rule. As I worded it, at least. I think it's a good, uh, I don't know, whatever. It's a heuristic. 70%. What Parler saw during the attack on the Capitol? A stunningly well-put-together collection of videos posted by Parler users on the day of the attack. So I started scrolling through this. I mean, I, I feel like it's a little bit old news. It's kind of depressing. I, I don't want to cover it too much in my own mind. So I just started scrolling through some of the videos and like the scroll bar was this tiny, tiny thing at the top of the page. I think it's like hundreds and hundreds of videos. It turned out to be like, I don't know, terabytes of, of video data, I believe. Um, but the cool thing that they did was they broke it down by location, right? Cause there's like metadata inside the videos. Plus you can triangulate based on what the video perspective is seeing. And they broke it down by, were they inside of D.C. somewhere? Were they on the grounds? Or were they actually inside the building? So if you haven't got around to looking at any videos, you might want to check this out. Got a really cool story on Palantir's assistance in Afghanistan, which might explain some of the stock price, maybe. PUP, a Go-based command line HTML parser that can filter based on CSS selectors. Snort 3.0 has been released with significant improvements to processing and rule management. And FF or FUF has had its 1.2.0 release, which includes rate limiting and config file support. Recommendations make sure you don't miss Rachel Tobach's InfoSec Sea Shanty. It is really, really good. It's got like 6,000 likes on it or something. It's doing really well on, on Twitter. And she's just, she put together a really good song. I think she had a whole group of collaborators. It wasn't just her, but um, I think she put together a great song. She sings it really well. It's just quite entertaining. And uh, I'm just all about some sea shanties. So the fact that she made an InfoSec one is fantastic. And the aphorism for the week, to understand how something works, figure out how to break it. To understand how something works, figure out how to break it. Nassim Taleb. 